I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Why, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine post-election? What are we, 10 days out from the election? Nine days? How are you doing today? Doing okay. I mean, it was just an election. It just affects 380 million people. 330 plus 50 million people who are living under the radar? There are about 57 states. 57, 54. We really don't know. It just depends on Obama or Biden's talking points. But I think Obama said 57 states when he was running for office, and Biden just said we had 54. So, Yeah, but I think that uh, to give Obama his just due, I think he was counting all the territories. So. Okay, we'll give him a free pass. On that one thing. What another crazy election season. Well, I think last week we hit briefly on a potential non-red wave, red wave. And it didn't happen. Although I'm pretty sure that the whole idea behind a red wave started with Democrats saying there was going to be a red wave. So that way when it didn't happen, they could say that they were able to stop it. Is that a conspiracy? That is a conspiracy. That's my my conspiracy, and I'm sticking to it. Well, they're only conspiracies until they're proven to be true. Yes, yes. So, so why? <laughs> where would you like to go today? Let's talk about the red wave. Okay. So why was there no red wave? I just don't think that the Republican Party has the momentum. I think this election season you had Mitch McConnell, who's supposed to be the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, and you had McCarthy, the leader of the Republicans in the House, and they didn't really back any candidates in any true numbers with money. There was a lot of money pouring in for all of these different elections. I mean, we even saw the um, cryptocurrency pouring in millions to these different groups of people, Democrats and Republicans alike. But it seemed like the Republican Party was not unified, was not passing a unified message or not pushing a unified message. And so we ended up in a situation where, the to me, the Democrats started saying that there was going to be a red wave just to, to try to make themselves feel better that they did a lot better than projected when there wasn't one in the fall. I don't know. That's just, again, my little conspiracy. So. Well, how about, let's carry that conspiracy a little further. How about it was a conspiracy from the top Democrat and the top Republican leadership? That they were working together to... They were working in concert with one another because you had the Republican Party pull several million dollars in funding from candidates across the nation. You had the Democratic Party pumping millions in to what they're calling election denier candidates that were backed by the former president, knowing that they were mostly easily beatable across the country. So maybe this was both of their ways of trying to punt Mr. Trump out into the wilderness, so to speak. 
I could see that. Honestly, I, a lot of his candidates just went up in smoke, so I can really see that it would be that way. Right, and they didn't in his election cycle when he actually won a bunch of candidates, won re-election, and he actually made a bunch of people uh, non-household names, household names. And now those are the ones that are going to go after him. Like they say, most people eat their young or they're old. They're just going to go after him now with a vengeance because they've created an opening and they can eliminate him and bring in whoever their next candidates will be. Well, we have our next election cycle will start in probably about a year and then we'll see how it ends up going. Well, I think if he announces that he's going to run here in the next week or so, then the election cycle starts then. Yeah, the run for president seems to go longer, and then the run for other offices are, well, you have the House, which they're running every two years, so they're almost always in a state of running. Well, the problem I see with this current batch of Republicans in this election cycle, to me, part of it is the fact that they didn't have a message. The only message they were carrying forward was that Biden doesn't know who Biden is and we need to go after him. We need to win the house. We need to win the Senate so we can impeach an investigator, investigate and impeach. Not the fact they didn't hammer home the cost of goods and services right now. The fact that the world's in utter turmoil, the fact that we're going to be short of food and and potential fuels in the Northeast this winter. Um, There's several key items that they could have really nailed down And one person that a lot of people didn't like, but he had a great message when he was the Speaker of the House, was Newt Gingrich. And he came up with a plan when they ran, and it was a contract with America. And had McCarthy, who was supposedly the leader of the House, come forward and came up with a second contract or some kind of more definitive policies that they were going to go after, which I didn't see them, and I watch a lot of news. Maybe they will work on that the next six months to a year and actually come up with something that they can actually win on. That way they can retain the Hispanic vote that Trump brought over, the black vote which Trump brought over, and then go back after these new voters, which are these 18 to 20-somethings, that really, they're, they're probably really smart kids as far as maybe you know, college students, college-educated However, until their pocketbooks or their wallets start getting hit really hard, they don't understand the ramifications of what they've just done this election cycle. No, and they'll, to me, they'll see that they're, oh, I'm in student loan debt, so my debt should be forgiven or college should be free. Or, you know, this is the party that promised me that they'll give me something, so that's who I'm going to vote for because clearly the other side is evil and they think I should have to pay for my own debts, which is just ridiculous. But... If you look at some of the things that has that have gone on in just the last couple of months, so the student loan debt forgiveness is now on pause because a court decided to block the debt forgiveness. An appeal has been filed. So we'll see what happens if it ends up being lawful or not, but that's gonna have to fight its way through um it's gonna have to fight its way through the courts because Biden signed it by executive action and not by Congress, despite what he said when he said that they had the votes in Congress and he signed it as a law, it was an executive action. So we'll see what happens when it goes winds its way through the courts. 
and through the court system. So that's going to be something on, you know, the forefront of people's minds. So we'll see how that ends up going. Well, didn't the feds take over student loans? They did, and I think that happened under President Obama. They absorbed the vast majority of student loans. Not every loan is a federal student loan, but a lot of them are backed by the feds. So basically, the all they're going to do if they do end up being able to forgive those student loans is take away federal government debt. I mean, the debt will still exist. Something was paid. Money was spent at the schools. So wiping out the debt doesn't mean that we didn't put money out there. No, it's going to be wiped out for the kids, but it's going to be passed on to the taxpayers. Yes. Okay. So another thing that's probably going to... I wonder how long it's going to take for it to get as big as it should be. Um, But again, this is with Joe Biden and his climate change policies. Not just Joe Biden, but we're even seeing it a lot here in California with Gavin Newsom signing that we'll have all electric vehicles for regular citizens by 20, what is it, 2035 now? No new car can be sold unless it's, unless it's electric, except for government-fleeted vehicles. They can buy new cars and they can be gas-powered, but that's a, a side thing. So a lot of the focus on climate change and climate energy um, our way forward with it, it relies on natural resources that are typically owned by China. So a lot of the components that are needed to make these green energy products, China owns. So really, right now, our climate policy is benefiting China because we have to buy from them. Of course, because we sent all of our production companies overseas. Yes, and China has been investing in renewable energy instead of us investing in us going places, um, us being the United States. China has been investing in a lot of these items that the world has decided is our our way forward, but China got in on it on the ground floor because they they saw the writing on the wall. And now we get to, again, be beholden to China. China. And that's the president of China's plan. They want to be the only economic superpower and the largest military power. And they're marching right towards it. Yeah, they are. And this was supposed to be the president that would keep us out of war and keep us out of anything to do. You know, he was the good guy. He was the best friend. He was the negotiator. Trump was the bad guy. Trump was going to get us into wars. And so far, it's been quite the opposite. We've seen, and you can say the war in Ukraine is not Biden's fault because it is the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, who invaded Ukraine. However, all of our funding of Ukraine kind of puts Russia on our not-so-good side. So what exactly are we doing? Geopolitics are a crazy thing. So are our politics here. I'm at a loss trying to bounce back a little bit to the election at how so many people could vote for high interest rates, high fuel, high groceries, home prices, home rents. Everything's up. Yet single moms in their 30s and up 
basically voted for a party that's okay with all of that. They're okay with being beholden to China. They're okay with sending our millions upon millions, if not hundreds of millions, well, I guess it would be billions now, of dollars to the Ukraine so they can fight a war that, unfortunately, I think our number two in command may have partially helped set off when she went overseas and basically told Ukraine, yes, we're going to allow you to join NATO. And Mr. Putin said, "Uh uh-uh, not in my backyard. You're not. I'm certain it did not it did not help. And then all of the money with the going back to the cryptocurrency and all of the um, funding of Democrat and Republican candidates, millions, millions and millions of dollars from this 30 year old cryptocurrency founder. And it turns out he may just be a Ponzi schemer, but he He donated a lot of money to these entrenched Democrats and Republicans. And then apparently he was also investing or using the money to help with the the war in Ukraine. So there's a lot of, you know, conspiracy theory time stuff where the people that are the rich and are politicians are doing stuff. That is benefiting them and hurting us, and we're just supposed to bury our head in the sand. And apparently someone can misdirect us and say, that's the bad guy over there, don't vote for him. And we say, okay, we're doing things for the good of Ukraine, let's vote for that party. Or we're doing things for, you know, green energy, never mind where the money's going. It it just... They're able to misdirect us, and as a whole, we say, okay, and we vote that way. And that's why our former congressman here in the Central Valley was so right when he said, if you want to know what they're doing, whatever they're accusing you of is exactly what they're doing, 100%. We're worried about documents at Mar-Lago that he fully had the right to bring home and declassify and potentially put in his library. Yet we're not looking at business dealings with long-term senators, long-term congressmen that walked into Washington, common average individuals with moderate salaries, and now they're going to depart D.C. as multimillionaires. So we need to see where the real dust, where the real criminals are, and ruffle some feathers. Yes, sir. Well... Ballot harvesting is legal now in 39 states. Yeah, they decided to make ballot harvesting legal. They Even when things were ruled illegal and uh, it didn't follow the law, they still said, oh, well, it's going to count anyway. So it pretty much doesn't matter what happens. They're just going to okay it and move on. Because why should it matter if somebody goes around collecting a bunch of votes and... Well, because as long as one party is better at the snake oil sales than the other, they're going to continue to run with what they brung. And as long as nobody really legitimately challenges them and puts a stop to it from the bottom lowest court up to the Supreme Court, it's not going to change. Especially looking at presidential election cycles when a Republican president has not won the popular vote in six of the last seven elections. And there's been some better Republican candidates that have won than were 
Democrats and people still saw that as a popular person, so which makes no sense to me. So thank goodness for the Electoral College. Otherwise, we'd never win. No, we wouldn't. And that's why, part of why our founding fathers set up the Electoral College was so that bigger states couldn't tell smaller states what to do all the time. And I was actually looking at the, the map of the United States, and they're showing which counties or areas are, are swinging which direction for the House, just as an example for the House. And if you look at all the breakdown, there's 435 seats. And if you look at the map, with exception of some smaller states, such as Vermont and Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, even Maine, a little bit bigger there, even Maine, then you get New Mexico land area-wise. New Mexico still votes bright blue across the board. But if you look at all of the areas, like the physical geography, rep- geographical representation, the vast majority have voted red. But the population centers, as it has been pointed out, the population centers are typically your San Francisco, your Los Angeles, your big cities like New York, and then you'll see it around Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, etc., your Big population centers typically vote blue. So then someone will bring it up that land is not people. So saying that the vast majority of the co- the country is red, land is not people. And I can also agree with that, that land does not equal people or people representation. However, we are 50 separate states. Why is it that people who reside in California, who reside in the Bay Area, reside in San Francisco, why do they believe that they have the right to tell North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, etc. what to do? Why, oh, we're a bigger population source. We get to tell the entire United States what to do. They shouldn't. And it goes just right along with our smog laws here in California. So because there's millions in the Bay Area and there's one million or less in the Central Valley, they have more vehicles, therefore they have more smog, yet their smog, because of their coastal location, blows into the Central Valley. So then we have the strictest pollution laws, have to pay more for smogs and to operate our vehicles well several counties up in the bay area are exempt from smogs that's what they feel is equivalent to running the country that they should be able to dictate to smaller states because they they're bigger and they know better yeah and, and they also just as a side they don't seem to know where their food comes from either the grocery store. Yeah, it just it magically appears at the grocery store. They don't understand that it's grown because they want to tell places not to grow food, not to have animals, not to do. They want to tell other states what to do. And it just, it baffles me that you think that it is okay, a collective you or an individual you, you think it's okay to tell entire other states and... And take over their land, essentially. 
Because that's what you're doing. If you're telling them what they can and can't do and when they can and can't do it, you are taking over that state. And we are supposed to be united in one regard, but we are 50 separate states. Which rolls me into my little soapbox. I want to jump on real quick, if you don't mind. You bear with me? I don't mind. Okay. So do we believe as Americans that our elections are perfect? I, as an American, do not believe that our elections are perfect. No. Do we believe there is cheating within our system? Okay, I know I'm answering for the collective, but yes, there is cheating, and it has been proven whether you believe it is a small scale so it doesn't matter or a large enough scale, there is proof positive that cheating occurs. Yes, and my answer is absolutely. Is it on a mass scale? We do not know. That's an unknown. So how do we fix this? It's quite interesting that every election cycle or every couple of years, our machines break within two or three hours. The software shuts down. The Wi-Fi connections quit. Um, we have to shut everything down, have everybody stand around for hours and hours and hours. Okay, are these elections a day election, day of? Are they for a month? Or do they go on all year long? How long should we continue to let the vote go? Until one party over the other gets the outcome they're looking for? I don't believe that. Seems like that's the answer, though. Well, how do we stop big tech, major news outlets, from censoring one side over the other? 48 hours after the Arizona polls closed, there were still 643,000 votes that had to be counted from Maricopa County. Well... 50% of the population, I think, is in Maricopa County in Arizona. But there's no excuses for this. They had, they being the election officials across the country, had two years to prepare for this. They should have worked out 100% of the glitches, and we should have lived with maybe one or two districts having minor issues, not multiples statewide or countrywide. So... I don't know what the fix is. I'm not an expert, but I do know that a lot of folks are really losing trust because every election cycle, this happens. And that's how you get the, as they call them, election deniers. Well, what are they expected to believe when they go to a polling place? They're there for one hour and for the next two to four hours, 20% of the polling places have to shut down and reboot and reset because their machines quit working. Supposedly the word was that I heard the word on the street today was the paper they purchased for the machines was too big for the machines to process. So what I heard on that part, I did hear that too, but it was the thickness of the paper. So when the machines were programmed for a specific thickness of paper, so that way somebody couldn't come in and put in the wrong, you know, thickness of paper, trying to throw in some extra votes. When they switched the paper, the machine was programmed for the other type so then it couldn't read it. Okay, so you don't believe that the person that set this up, bought the paper, did all that, was smart enough to not figure out that, hey, we need to fix this system. So we at this polling place, we only run one kind of paper. We know there's only 1,500 people in this county, so let's have 1,510 ballots just in case we have some jams, some errors. 
the paper should match the machine. No, it's, apparently they're not smart enough to do that. It, 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 you know me, I'm a simple guy, and this is all simple fixes. And it, you could kind of say the fix is in. It's it's every two years. And I just, I don't understand how you can get it wrong in so many places. We had the same thing happen in Fresno and Clovis, which was power. It, you can't really help the power going out in the building. That was one thing. But when I went in to my polling station, they had three different types of voting going on. And we're not talking provisional. I'm just talking the way that you could vote. So all Californians are sent out a ballot in the mail, even if you say that you are an in-person voter only. So you get your ballot in the mail. If you don't trust the mailing to go out with USPS because they aren't exactly known for being timely, you can seal up your ballot, take it to a box at the polling booth, and they will direct you to put it in there. The next way you could vote is you can ask for a paper ballot that can be read by the machine. And then they will issue you a paper ballot. And then the third way to vote is to do a, an electronic vote. So you go to the machine, it's touch screen. And, and here in Clovis, it was a Dominion voting touch screen machine. You go through your entire process. You hit that you're done. It prints out on that paper that could have been too thick or too thin for Arizona's polling booth. And you take that paper, you put it in a little red sheet so that way nobody could see how you voted. You go up to the machine and then you feed it into the machine. And so whether you do it by paper and pen or electronic and it prints it out, those two pieces of paper go into the machine if you do a your mail-out ballot and you take it in, they don't read them at the machine. You have to put it into a box and they count it later. So when I went through, um, I had my little red cover sheet and I go up to the machine to have it fed. And I stick it in there and they, tell, they say to like hold on to the red cover sheet pretty tightly or it will try to, the machine will try to eat it too. So I do that and I hold on to my little red cover sheet. It goes in and it spits it right back out. So now I have no red cover sheet and everybody can see how I voted if they wanted to take a look. And I have to take that paper and try to feed it in again. But I mean, even there in Clovis, there wasn't, it wasn't without its problems because when I went up and I got my ticket so I could go vote, it's a little scam bar. The gal goes to scan me in so I can start voting and then there was a problem with the printer and a problem with the machine and it said the paper wasn't working which is kind of funny because Arizona had that too um but then they ultimately put me on another machine that when it prints out the machine doesn't want to read it so if you have this hiccup and that hiccup and everybody else is having hiccups but long story long why are there three different ways to vote in the same place there was at my district or precinct also Exact same three ways, and the machines went down twice while I was there. Once for an hour, almost an hour, and the second time was about 20 minutes. They said it was a Wi-Fi issue, and it was with uh, Vote California, downtown Fresno. I thought that they weren't supposed to be hooked up to Wi-Fi. Well, that's what the guy that was walking around outside telling everybody told us. So here's a little, let's play conspiracy theorist again. That's so much fun. 
So I know some people that listen go, man, these guys are crazy. All they talk about is conspiracy theories. So let's pick a small community, 500 people. Okay. California sends out the mail-in ballots, right? Okay. How do we verify that they sent out 500? Well, they tell us that they did, and then we believe them. Oh, okay. So what happens when they look at a community like has happened in the past and 800 people have voted in that county? And they only sent out 500. 500. But see, now that's a that's um, plausible deniability for them now because the election offices can say, hey, look, we only sent out 500. And they can make all the claims that they want. So they're covered. Too. And then if you look at how many non-citizens vote in any given election, I have personally interviewed people for immigration benefits where they claim to have voted and they've gotten their voter registration and all of that and they they had to prove whether or not they did vote once they said that they voted and I have met I have personally interviewed and I have been the supervisor of cases for my officers where they have you know had people that voted that were non-citizens and provided on a when we see it we're seeing it one and two at a time we're not seeing a massive scale but when you take it all into account of how many different interviews occur how many different people say they voted and if you look at the state of california which now moves to automatically register you through dmv dmv slash california is playing a role in unlawfully registering people to vote who are non-citizens who are non-citizens they get and then they get sucked in where they're they have the consequences in california it's like whatever they don't care well you got caught we'll move on to the next one they don't care they're not taking care of these you know the legal bills that may come from it and the delayed naturalization that could come from it but in the state of california they are registering non-citizens to vote with too much frequency and when you bring it up or you say something, again, you're just a conspiracy theorist or it doesn't happen that often or, you know, it's such a small number, it doesn't matter. And it's like every single one of these cases matters, not only because they're unlawfully voting, but also because the system, the California state system, is messing people over and messing with their lives too. And that's a secondary issue. Well, basically what they're thinking is a certain amount of spoilage is okay. So out of a 1,000 people, 10 10 extra people that aren't supposed to vote, vote. And even if they say, no, I am not a citizen, California is still sending them off to be registered. Yes. Interesting tidbits there. You want to hear a really good one? Let's let's swing a little bit to the right or left. Okay. Because I don't know how they voted. A Christmas story. The original movie. Remember that movie? Yes, I do. Well, the house they filmed it in is now for sale. Are you going to buy it? Nope. I don't have that many figures to buy it. How expensive is it? Well, they're unsure what they're going to price it at, but it sits on a 1.3 acre lot. It's been a museum since 2006. Um, It's going to be in the eight figure range once they come up with a price. Oh, I definitely don't have money for that. Negative. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening across the United States. Apparently, we just had a secret space plane 
land or return to Earth. Have news for you. What news? It wasn't a secret space plane. Why wasn't it? Because it was the USS Enterprise uncloaking. Oh, <laughs> wasn't it? Just saying, one of these days we're going to see that. So there, the it turns out that Boeing's X-37B, which is an autonomous space plane that has spent over 900 days in space on a U.S. Air Force slash U.S. Space Force mission, it well, it secretly returned to Earth, but because of the sonic booms, it wasn't upon very its, secret. Upon its return, it wasn't very secretive. And it returned at like five o'clock in the morning, Florida time. So See, they should have had some type of air show or some kind of airplanes mm-hmm. fly in there, breaking the sound barrier. Then they could have masked the fact that it was the actual sound, or like what the actual sound was. And be like, no, it must have been a reverberation echo or something. So did we not talk about a couple folks that were going to get in trouble for uh, being spies, submarines, um, a naval engineer and his wife? We've talked about them in the past. They were given a recap of that is they were offered a deal. Both of them were. And the judge believed that it wasn't punishment enough, so rejected the deal. So then they had to get set for trial, and it was unclear if they were going to go for another deal or go to trial. Well, they got a deal. What's their deal? Wife got 19 years. Husband got 22 years in prison. Wow. And they were trying to sell secrets. Yeah. You know what they traded some of the secrets for? A pack of smokes and a bottle of beer? $100,000 worth of cryptocurrency. On FTX? Don't know if it was FTX, but it was 100000 worth of cryptocurrency. So they got double hosed. Well, they people typically try to go with cryptocurrency because they believe that it's untraceable so they could just do whatever they want with it. I have a presidential question for you that somebody asked me today at work. Whether or not you're presidential? I know I'm not presidential. Way too old. Way too handsome for an old guy. Too simple of a person. No. So, what happens if, uh, let me rephrase the way the question was asked to me. Who is number two in line for the presidency? Okay, so we've talked about this before, and it's, it's what you believe, because if the if Biden is number one, then Kamala Harris will be number two. And then my line of thinking was, since Biden is already president, number one in line for the throne would be Harris, and number two would be Nancy Pelosi. However, I think I'm in the very small minority that believe that. So, number two would be Kamala Harris. Okay, Kamala Harris. Do you know anything about her lineage and her family history? Um, I believe... She is half Indian, and she has Jamaican heritage as well. Her father's name is Donald J. Harris. He is from Jamaica. Her mother, and I hope I say her name correctly, is Shamala Goplan. Goplan? She was born in India. Yes. Even though Kamala was born in Oakland, is she eligible to be president of the United States? Yes, because she is by virtue of her birth. If you are born inside the United States, even if her mother 
unlawfully came over to the United States and came onto American soil and had a baby, we have technically, by virtue of birth, you can run for president. And the other thing is, if you were born to United States citizen parents outside of the United States, you could also potentially be president. So, for instance, John McCain was born in Panama, but he was born to U.S. citizen parents. We've had, oh, who was it? Wasn't Mitt Romney born in Mexico? Mitt Romney was born in Mexico, and one of the other Republican nominees was born in Canada. Canada. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, I believe. No, Paul Paul Ryan? Oh, maybe it was Ted Cruz. I'm going to have to look real quick. Nope, you're right. Ted Cruz is born in Ooh, I win a prize. Calgary, Canada. So hold on. Where was Paul Ryan born? Wisconsin. I was way off. Okay, so then your parents do not have to be natural born U.S. citizens. No, so neither one of them do. Neither one of them. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. So to answer your question there at work, young gentleman, you now know the answer. So just to to go with another, well, former conspiracy theory that people had with as far as uh, President Barack Obama's birth. So some had claimed that he was not born in the United States. They say that he was born in Kenya. So there's, that's a whole other side issue. But his birth in Hawaii, they've tried to claim that he wasn't a citizen because he was born before Hawaii became a state. However, two things wrong with that. One, he was born after Hawaii became a state. But two, even if he was born before Hawaii became a state, um, people born in Hawaii since 1900 have been recognized as United States citizens. Because it was a U.S. territory? Yes, that they got, the U.S. got from Spain during one of the, one of our back and forths with Spain. So, by virtue of her birth here, she would be eligible. So, another thing, like Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the head of the Department of Homeland Security, because he's a cabinet secretary, he would normally be in line for the presidency, and I don't know what number he would be, but he was born in Cuba, so he could never be president. So, if something happened all the way down the line and it got to him, they would bypass him because he was not born in the United States, nor was he born to U.S. citizen parents. Great answers. Thank you very much. I try. So, you're a Navy veteran. I am. Never again volunteer yourself. Unless you want to polish brass and stainless steel. Live that for a week. So... Do you believe that all veterans should be recognized on Veterans Day? I do. I actually read two articles today, one from a lady in Virginia, I believe it was, and she was in the Navy. She was an aviation storekeeper or had something to do with storekeeping within the aviation community in the Navy. And she absolutely believes that veterans that were not in combat should be just as recognized as veterans that were. So I do agree with that. I believe that we all had different roles to play, and on it, without each other, we wouldn't have been able to play 
our different roles. You think we don't need a shopkeeper, storekeeper, legal men, if you're going to stay mostly stateside, depending on your job, or even if you get posted overseas, if you're on a ship and you're not in the middle of combat, you know, if you're in a landlocked place and you're you're pulling some support, but you're not physically doing hand-to-hand combat or, or shooting someone or providing security services, et cetera, or what are they doing now? In Ukraine, we have military members who are keeping tally of where all of our, our military equipment is. I mean, I can understand if we were recognizing combat veterans, I would not be recognized. I was not in combat. But if we are recognizing all people who served, I, I do believe in recognizing all people who served. Well, absolutely. And that goes for people that were in doing peacetime, like me. I was not in charge of when I was born. Therefore, when I went in the Navy, I was 18. So it just happened to be during peacetime, during Ronald Reagan's time. Yep. And if, I mean, you look at a lot of the different roles that women have played over the years. So if you want to go back to women could not be combat pilots, you know, early on, women could not be combat pilots, but yet they were assigned to flying airplanes with targets behind them that would get shot at but somehow we don't recognize them for their service to the country i just well that's why i'm wondering if she didn't do this article or somebody didn't come to her during veterans day to talk to her about it because maybe there's a small group of maybe veterans that don't believe that peacetime veterans are the same as combat veterans and obviously we're not because we didn't go through what like you said they did Um, a lot of them end up suffering from ptsd they lose limbs there's all kinds of things that happen and i have the utmost respect for every one of them and i would hope that because you know a lot of us were in during peacetime over you know hundreds of years that they would understand that as well so that would be reciprocal and work both ways and i'm sure 99.999 percent of the time it does yeah, when I, so when I go to the VA, I've gone before where my girls were out of school, so they had to come along with me. It was one time we were in the elevator. I was going up to make an appointment because I was having trouble getting a hold of the department that I needed. So I go up there in person. I have my kids in tow, and there's another veteran, and he's wearing, um, he was a Vietnam vet cover. And it had a bunch of pins on it. So then one of my daughters said something about like, oh, I like your hat. And he looks at both my daughters. He looks at me and he looks back at them and says, your daddy will tell you about it someday. Like their daddy wasn't in the military. (laughs) And I just, you know, I, I, I nod and I smile and I say, yeah. And then we just go on because... You know, not everything needs to be a, a battle. You have our own battles, but... You have I, to pick your battles. You have to pick your battles, and that's not one that I'm going to gonna go after. So one of the articles I saw in Military Times today was the fact that they're still having non-water water issues in Hawaii with the fuel. A lot of folks are still feeling sick, and some are, some are still getting sicker, even though... The tanks are drained, and they're going to remove them. It's going to be long-term effects. 
Well, that's why we had the Camp Lejeune water crisis. Anyone who was there between, I think it was like 50s to 80s, are were potentially exposed. It just doesn't seem to end with our water problems. Nope. But speaking of veterans, since we just did a, a thing on veterans, you should know if you are a veteran, you are eligible for a lifetime National Parks Pass. So they are for military uh, veterans and Gold Star families. So if you are eligible, make sure you get your pass and you can get into the National Parks. Does that include me? That includes you. Nice. Has California solved their homeless crisis yet? It's all solved. We don't have another single homeless person. They just, all the billions of dollars that they've poured in over the last so many years has just worked. I knew all those people I saw outside the McDonald's right around the corner from me. Those weren't the same homeless I saw right before the election. I swore it was just patrons. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't seem to solve issues here in California. When I say that with tongue in my cheek, because that was one of the platforms with some of the folks running here in California was the fact they're going to help solve the homeless problem. And now I'm going to keep watching to see how we solve the homeless problem. That way, then we can be the model for the rest of the country. Right. We've poured in so much money. We should be very, very close now to solving to solving that problem. Yes. So I don't know if you remember this. Back in 1996, Pepsi joked about giving away a fighter jet for Pepsi points. Somebody raised enough points for a fighter jet? Apparently somebody raised enough points for a fighter jet. And now there's a documentary on Netflix to talk about how this this friend group went about trying to get Pepsi to make good on their promise of a jet. So it's called Pepsi Where's My Jet. I could give them a remote controlled jet. And it said that it, according to the 1996 Pepsi TV commercial that if you collected 7 million Pepsi points, you'd win a Harrier. And you have to watch the documentary to figure out how things end up happening. And uh, there was a little loophole that they went through to try and get the jet. To try to get the jet or get out of giving the jet? No, for the... So the loophole that they went through was how they got their Pepsi points. Oh, okay. And they cheated. Then, well, no, they, they abided by Pepsi's rules, which was you can either buy drinks and, and you can get points that way, or you could buy the points directly. And so that's how they ended up doing it. So a wealthy person bought the points. Yes, which was still cheaper than buying a jet. So then they wanted Pepsi to make good on it. Anyway, the Netflix documentary comes out today. So, head on over and watch it. I was going to say, was it my man, Elon Musk? Yeah, 1996, he's like, how can I do this? How can I do this? I wish I could. There there was a show, uh, what was it called? Weird Science. I think it was a movie where some college kids, some super brainiacs, 
where the one kid was using box tops or something to get prizes and he won a car and an RV and a bunch of other stuff to go in the RV. It was a pretty neat little show. I think it was called Weird Science. In other news, uh, a woman was arrested for road rage. The cops pursued her, found her, handcuffed her, pulled her over, handcuffed her, put her in the back of a police cruiser while they were investigating the the claims of road rage. And apparently one of the police officers had parked their cruiser on the railroad tracks. And the lady was handcuffed in the back of the police cruiser when it was hit by the train. And she ended up uh, with some severe medical problems, severe injuries. Now they've decided to charge the police officer for criminal attempt to commit manslaughter, reckless endangerment, and second-degree assault for parking the vehicle, the the police cruiser, on the railroad tracks and then detaining the person and putting them in the cruiser and then not moving the cruiser when the train came. You know what's crazy about that is I just watched a video at work that somebody had up, YouTube, of a guy taking a selfie. I think he was in India, and he didn't realize that he was partially on the tracks while he was taking the selfie and the train took him about five miles down the track. Yeah, I guess this gal uh, had a gun in her vehicle and was charged with felony menacing. However, it's unclear if they'll maintain all of the charges against her, seeing as how injured she was. Wow. Yep. That's very unfortunate, you know, because people think it's pretty cool at the time. And it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. You want to talk about taxes? I really don't, but I will. Okay. Just kidding. Go ahead. So a bank teller stole nearly $100,000 from customers, and now he's been sentenced to prison. So that, you know, that's kind of interesting to me. It's sad that a bank teller would go and steal from customers. So apparently... He pulled out approximately $97,000 from five different customer accounts, and it's considered embezzlement. Uh, He was found out, and the judge sentenced the man to one year and three months in federal prison. He had previously uh, been found guilty of one count of bank theft and one count of false tax return. I'm like, and... That just, I, I wondered what the false tax return had to do with the embezzlement. So it says, according to all the court filings, that after stealing ill-gotten goods, right, stealing money from bank customers, the prosecutors say the man was caught not reporting the extra money to the IRS on his 2020 tax return. So, not only are you subject to taxes when you make money, but if you steal money, the IRS also wants their cut. So he still has to pay taxes? He does. And in fact, as a part of his plea agreement, he must pay $97,765.30 in restitution to the bank 
And additionally, he owes $27,374.28 in restitution to the IRS for not paying taxes on the money he stole. Betcha he won't do that again. <laughs> Betcha he won't work for a bank again either. And the government always gets their cuts. Yes, they get it one way or another. Whether you're working every day for your entire life, whether you're stealing it, or when you die and they charge you estate tax, they get their money one way or another. That's crazy. Yeah, don't get caught stealing money or you'll also get in trouble for not paying your taxes. That's a fact. You know, we look at these social media outlets and unfortunately that's one of the only ways for us to capture accurate news for the most part. Because I, I would venture a guess that it's more accurate than the big three or four news outlets on regular television. And I'm looking at a quick article here on the growth in the U.S. The GDP grew 5.7% in 2021 after decreasing 3.4% in 2020. The economy added 6.7 million jobs in 2021, rebounding from 9.3 million lost jobs in 2020. Is it rebounding if you get back the jobs that a lot of states forced people to lose in the first place? I would say no. I would say they're playing with numbers here and they're fudging percentages. This is not really growth if it's getting back too. No. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. just, and that's my opinion. Yes. That's a, that's a hundred percent factual opinion, I think. And that's the way they, they being the experts are now looking at unemployment as well too. There really is no real unemployment when there's unemployment. And when you're paying people a thousand to $1,500 a month to stay home, well, those people fall off the rolls or the doles. Um, so they don't count them. Just, just found it interesting because I wonder who fact checks these fact checkers. Because I personally don't believe that those numbers are accurate. You only get fact check if you say something that the those typically on the left isn't don't that, want you to believe. Isn't that cool though that all the stuff that they said about people from twenty twenty to mid to late twenty twenty one about how they were making false and misleading statements, their stuff was not accurate. And this simple little guy kept saying, wait until the empirical data comes out. Wait until the truth starts trickling out. Because once it does, it's like a dam breaking. And it's going to flood. And they're not going to be able to hide behind all the mistruths. Well, now they the way they want to hide behind the mistruths, so to speak, is they just want blanket forgiveness. There's been a, an author that asked for blanket forgiveness that we should just declare a pandemic amnesty forgive everyone forget and move on so that's how they want you to forget all of the mistakes that they made is that there should just be amnesty and we should just forget about it i say no because once they've thrown the first five punches it's time that people punch back and unfortunately just like the i don't know house of commons the um the governmental arm over in England that's now doing their research into vaccines and efficacy and was it the right thing to do and why are they now that COVID deaths are down 95% 
Why are there 1,700 Brits dying a week now of unexplained deaths? And they say unexplained, but it's two main factors. One is heart conditions, cardiovascular, and the other one has to do with um, heavy cases of diabetes that they didn't normally see there. So their 1,700 a week is well above the five-year average. And one of the doctors I follow quite regularly is miffed by the fact that nobody was raising red flags about this. And the fact that they, I'm sure they have a pretty good idea what happened and what's going on. Um, But until we actually really dive into it and we do start placing blame so it doesn't happen again, because it's not just happening in Europe, it's happening worldwide. America has a 1,600 to 1,750 a week excess death happening to folks. And unfortunately, it's in the 50 and younger range. So I'm going to say that to answer the question, why weren't people elevating it? It's because you couldn't. If you did, you were a conspiracy theorist or some sort of crazy loon And they shut you down from even being able to publicly say those things. So it wasn't that people didn't try to say something. It was that they were shut down. And they were going after licenses, uh, medical licenses. And in California, uh, they are still attempting to go after doctors and passing new laws that if a doctor dares to toe outside of the line that the, the government has given them, that they could lose their license. And so they said if you peddle medical misinformation, is what they're calling it, then they will go after you and you will lose your license. So what are you going to do if they threaten your entire livelihood and your medical practice? Well, it's interesting that they're advertising monoclonal antibodies here in the Central Valley right now as a therapeutic for COVID-type symptoms and related problems. See, I'm not here to throw blame, throw darts or anything. It's a done deal. The the stones have been thrown. The vaccines have been administered. I'm not saying it's vaccine related. I'm not saying it's COVID related, but something has jump started literally thousands of deaths a month worldwide. And if it was a vaccine-related thing, then it's apparent that maybe they jumped the gun and the very first rollout of the vaccine, there's an issue with it. Maybe subsequently, once they did more studying and they had more time to test it, maybe the new stuff is okay. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It will be interesting to see, but they definitely don't want us to... Uh, I they do not want us to talk about it. They just don't. No, well, we need to figure but it out. But we need to. We absolutely need to be talking about it. And we should be openly, especially in the medical community and the scientific community. These things should be open, completely open for discussion. I want all the medical experts out there. That's why it's called peer-reviewed studies, not just one-sided studies. That way, we get a good answer as to what's going on or the best possible answer for the current situation. I just hope we don't play around with this stuff in the lab any longer. And keep harming our society, harming our people. 
We keep harming ourselves. You might as well, you know, take a knife out and stick yourself in the leg and sit there and slowly bleed out if we're going to continue to brew these cocktails. And then, unfortunately, one gets released into the environment. We've said that before. they got to stop. So, and I did not write down the names, but I know who it is. George Bush is one of them, the younger. This would have probably been when he was running originally, right about the beginning of Facebook possibly and some of the other social media outlets or might have been trending that direction, but they still had major news outlets that did these things called October surprises. So I'm just going to give you one little snapshot of elections being tampered with. So Mr. Bush was in the reserves. He was a pilot. And there was some scuttlebutt that he somehow got his trip to Vietnam deferred. And there was a big brouhaha about it and a big release about a bunch of information about him from, it was either ABC or... It was a big news outlet. It was a big one. I do remember that. Yeah, and it was right before the election and they were trying to torpedo him. Is that election tampering? Based on modern definitions that we've been provided, I would say that it is election tampering. So with Facebook, just recently, uh, by the way, Facebook wasn't out back in 2000. It didn't come out until several years after. Right, right. But um, Facebook won't allow you to publish certain information that it deems harmful to politics. So that was part of why they claim they didn't do the Hunter Biden story because it was unverified at the time. At least that was the claim and that it could sway an election. Therefore, they weren't going to allow it to be out there. So based on that, I would say that it's election tampering. However, the rate at which we have October surprises every two to four years for the election season, that was just par for course. Yes. At the time. So who owns Facebook? It is investor-owned, but Mark Zuckerberg Zuckerberg owns it. Was he the one that just got hit with over 800 election violations? I believe so, because in part he was using his money to do things that turned out to be unlawful. So that would be called? Election tampering. Election tampering. But he's supposed to be in charge of stopping other people from tampering. Weird. Interesting. It is. And what's funny about the election, the October surprise of George Bush, if I do remember correctly, the reporter who reported on the information, when they went back to say, like, some of this is not truthful or how did you validate your sources, etc., The reporter said it wasn't their job to validate accuracy of the information. It was just their job to get the information out there. And then the general public could decide if it was, in fact, truthful or not. So do you think if uh, the Russia collusion stuff wouldn't have been there? Let me reverse that. If the Russia collusion would have been against Hillary... Would Trump still have won? Uh, They probably would have suppressed the information, so I don't know if there would have been as much talk about it, but then there would have been nothing to tie him to, so I don't know if that also 
invigorated his base to go vote is look at how they're trying to take me down. I think it could go either way. Interesting stuff. It is. It is. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.